0: The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters.
1: And good Wednesday morning and welcome to... A hump Day edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station <laughs> in the US Virgin Islands, WTJXFM, with yours truly, Neville James. It's, I mean, I'm running out of superlatives, man. Seriously. They're really, really lovely in, in these parts of the world, in the Caribbean. Serious. And to telling us last night, right? No fan. I need I need the blanket in Saint Croix. And I was a man to, to take that um that Chico Morales, Kai Shang uh, afternoon nap that supposedly the get you to the fountain of youth. So that means I could stay up a little later at night you know, watch some basketball and all that good stuff. I telling you, man, if you miss, please so. I hop in the car this morning, the car, right? That's what they say, because, you know, you know what it is. And I look at the thermometer and they tell me 69. I said, uh-huh. <laughs> she fall under 70 and, of course, it's going to be a little cooler in the car. Uh, because, uh, you know, we're the inside and, um, but you, you know that it was be because the, the Jew there and the um and the windshield check. So you'll know that it was it, it nice outside. So, uh, of course, you know when you roll on the window, you're laying the outside temperature in and then you're going to warm up a little bit. So I checked the weather and I put in the zip code for Christiansted and then I put in the one for Sunny Isle. Christiansted was two degrees warmer and, and weather.com than the Sunny post office, right? Because you could put in the town or the zip code. And I was like, wow. And then uh, uh, my engineer told me he'd he take an early man in walk. And he said, definitely, it was 65, this man. I don't know. I'll check, So, um, it's a good time, man. It's a good time to be in the territory. I'll check. And, and it's clear, man. The visibility is clear. I could, I could see St. John, eastern, western St. John, and, uh, and eastern St. Thomas. Clear. And then I could also see a smaller... Uh, outline of the BVI Islands uh, to the right, because um, we're 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 south of Saint Thomas and Saint John, and the BVI is to the east of Saint Thomas and Saint John. So we are in from south to north, and BVI is to the east, so that would that will be to the right. So, like I said, it's a good time, you know. And um, as we were told yesterday by um, the weather service, you know something? Call the weather service again. Man. Let, me, let me let me talk to them. Yeah, let want to, to validate this thing. Uh, this cold front that they uh, they, they told us it was gonna happen, um, it happening again, and uh, um, we we supposed to get um some showers, like I to say, over there in Saint Thomas, uh, <clears throat> tomorrow. So, we'll talk with them for a little bit. But we got a great show today. Um, there was a, uh, a ribbon cutting yesterday at uh, the Wang louis GFL North. Uh, so, we're going to talk to the Senate President, uh, Novel Francis, who was there in attendance. It's a nice story on the St. Thomas source. All the dignitaries, uh, a lot of power concentrated in one place with the governor with the big scissors, uh, cutting the ribbons. So we're we'll going talk a bit about that. we can also speak with... Um, ODR director, you know who has been in this capacity for 50 months, and uh it's taken a long time, and it's only right that we we here as to why uh, that may be the case. Um, also, by getting the Senate President on, uh, he was chair of the Health and Hospital Committees, so he has a feel for that uh, as well. We have the Weather Service on. Uh, good morning. Who am I speaking with?
2: Good morning, how are you guys?
1: I'm good. Who am I speaking with, Mary Angel? Who's this?
2: Yes, yes, Mary Angelus.
1: Mary Angelus, it got colder last night.
2: Yes, yes, we did. <laughs>
1: down, in, down in the it's 60s. Gonna,
2: it's going <laughs> to remain like that, and maybe um, by the end of the week, you guys will see cooler temperatures.
1: Excuse me? Because-
2: uh, by the end of the week, you guys were seeing no no
1: no no I, much- heard, I I heard what you said i I just can't believe what you're telling me or,
2: oh uh, I, cool uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes it's gonna be it's gonna be cooler it got down mm-hmm. in, it
1: got down into the sixties last night here. what's, what's yes. up what's up with that
2: mm-hmm. It's basically that there is no um significant humidity in the area, the mm-hmm. so temperatures can go lower than usual wow. if you have humidity, then the temperatures will increase and will not be as colder or as
1: Nice as uh, they were. No, no, Mary just, no, no, let me look. Mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna want to talk to you a little bit about our our temperature calendar here in the region. Right? Okay. Um, good. before your your um your former colleague moved to um to Washington.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh um, yes a day.
1: Yeah. Wang mm-hmm. what's his name uh, um Jose Aleman, right?
2: Yes huh right
1: yep. he He was the one who told us that um summertime in the, the hottest months on the mainland are July and August, Yep. And, and the hottest months for us down here are September and October, yeah right mhm now this is March, right, and the coolest months in on the mainland are January and february mm-hmm. so so does the same thing apply for us where the cooler months, the coolest months. On St. Croix are February and March or March and April in the Virgin Islands in Puerto Rico?
2: Uh Uh-huh, yes.
1: So that's what it is? Yes. Wow.
2: But in this case, we also have, because every year we have different weather patterns that are in the area. In Mm. this case, we have a high-pressure system that is just pushing everything away. And we also have the low-pressure system that is basically going to bring the colder air so that combination is actually um, collaborating with the weather, basically, to to make it be, for the temperatures to be cooler.
1: Oh, okay. So this is a unique um, circumstance that we're talking about here.
2: Yes, it's basically, it's something that it, it happens during the season. So it's something very typical from um, this season specifically. But that's basically what it is. It's just a combination of... Certain um weather features that are combined to to make temperatures cooler
1: okay so, so okay so two quick questions before I let you go mm-hmm. um, the 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 expected showers tomorrow is that still the same, or has that been yes. modified?
2: Yes yes st- we are still expecting that it's not gonna be anything like major or significant, but we are gonna see some showers um during the day. especially in the afternoon hours and um, early morning hours on Friday.
1: Okay, so that's Thursday afternoon looking for some showers, right? Exactly. That's throughout throughout the Virgin Islands or in the St. Thomas, St. John, or St. Croix area?
2: It's basically the whole area. It it also includes Puerto Rico and and both of the Virgin Islands.
1: And and Vieques and Culebra. Yes. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, Finally, finally, with this cool weather, um, what about the potential for Sahara dust? Is it's that actually? Is that limited?
2: We were yes, because we were supposed to see some Saharan dust um this week, but the low pressure with it with is including the the cold air is mm. just pushing it away, so we're not gonna see any Saharan dust for a little while.
1: Okay, that's a good thing. As long
2: as that pressure low pressure is dominating the area.
1: Okay, well, finally, um, is the lack of cloud cover one of the reasons why it's also as cool as this?
2: Yes. Mhm. Okay. Yes. Because clouds are basically associated with some sort of moisture in the area, mm-hmm. and with we have clear skies, so we're not going to see um, as much humidity as we
1: usually see. Wow! Wow! Mm-hmm. Okay! Wow! This is this is interesting. It's we'll, all
2: combined. <laughs> yeah!
1: Yeah! Yeah! We'll keep we'll keep an eye on this, and uh, we'll get back to you guys uh, later Sounds on in good. the week. All right. Sounds
2: like a good plan. I hope you guys keep enjoying the cool of weather course, there. Of
1: course, of course, we, we, we're sleeping like babies at night. You know what I am saying? So yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah,
1: thank you very much, I'll Mary I'll Probably
2: visit you guys.
1: Someday. Yeah, yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah, will <yeah>, we'll, <laughs> Oh, please do, please do. I will. We appreciate that. <laughs> thank okay. you so much. You got it. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's um Mary Angeles um for the second consecutive day hooking us up. Yeah, man, we we experiencing some some, some lovely um cold. <laughs> <laughs> Cold front weather you know high pressure low pressure system mixing and um you know things are good they really are good so like i said uh um the senate president can be joining us he should be calling anytime now uh because he can be on the road um uh, normally we'd like that to be uh, an airline type of thing but uh the president in transit also in transit of course is uh odr director uh, Asian Williams Octolin, so she's going to call us uh, when she's available. And then our uh, number two, um, the medical director, uh, Dr. Ty Camille Hunt Caesar, is going to be uh, calling us uh, as well. I'm also going to give you an update. We got some great programming tonight, right? We got three. Uh, program is Nova, uh, coming on at 8 p.m., Castor Gandhi coming on at 10, and Revolution of the Heart, The Doherty Day. Story. That' gonna be coming on uh, at 11, okay. And I' am gonna give you the details for that um, later on. Um, but the woman them running things tonight. Um, Nova picture of a scientist. And um, women make up less than a quarter of STEM professionals in the United States. And numbers are even lower for women of color. But there's a growing group of researchers. Who are writing a new chapter for women scientists, exposing long standing discrimination and leading the way in making science more inclusive? So, I'm going to give the details for that a little bit later. It's also Virginia's Black History Month, so we're going to give a shout out to the great uh, Earl B. Atlee. You know, yeah, he, that name there, that's a powerful name. Um, and uh, his. You know his bio, just jumps out at you, oozing the word leadership. Earl B, you didn't even have to say, he even have to say last name. That's, that's how big he was. He like when I'm soccer players from South America and, uh, and, and Europe, you call not by their first name. But check uh, Earl B in his case, so check so. i uh, just reading it over. It really is a um a, 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 a brilliant um. In a biography, when you think about it, uh, 34 years uh, in a leadership uh, capacity, which actually uh, overlapped from the municipal council to when the legislature um, uh, was formed pursuant to the Revised Organic Act of 1954. So, when I break that down for IO, uh, I believe I'm going to do that in between um, President Francis and Director Williams Ackerlin. Uh, Joining us So uh, You're gonna like that one as well I had a good sample yesterday Uh Um 125 negatives and 3 positives So that's uh 41.66 To 1 Ratio We'll take that Any day All day Twice on Sundays Um Actives in the territory at 28, right? The three positives from yesterday, two were on St. Croix, one, were at, one was on St. Thomas. The 28 actives territory wide, 13, 13, and two, respectively. 13 St. Croix, 13 St. Thomas, 2 St. John. Nationally, we dunked to 8.2%, uh, well, to include the Americas. you check. And um, hospitalizations are now at twenty five thousand five twenty five. Uh, average debt's at 388. So I believe there was some, some kind of aberration. Um, because yesterday that number was at 521, but even though I saw the, the change at uh, less than uh, 1%, so something was up there. Because yesterday it was at 521. Now the, the average is at 388. And if the, it's a 14-day rolling average, so when you have that kind of major shift from one day to the next, that means it was probably an anomaly in there somewhere, you know, because to get a change of 133 from one day to the next, covering a 14-day period, you uh, know, something is up there. But good numbers, and it's going to probably remain this way nationally uh, until, uh, until, like, late spring, you know. And then, of course, you know, when it's beach time, people start going to the beach and all that stuff might come up again, you know all the different areas where uh, a lot of Florida shores and uh, Virginia Beach and all that stuff, California, people start congregating, so that's when you go worry about it. But just got to appreciate uh what we're dealing with. Uh right about now. Um the the Fed um, the Fed chairman the Fed chairman uh, gave testimony yesterday that didn't help Wall Street at all. Uh, uh, the Dow was down 574.98 points, closing at under 33,000 at 32,856.46. Uh, so, um, so uh, I don't get into detail of that. because yeah. everybody uh, saw losses at over a percent, to include Nasdaq, S and P, and Russell 2K. We're joined now by the Senate President, um, Senator Novel Francis uh, Jr. J O O N Y A H, Junior. Um, (laughs) uh, Good morning, Mr. President. Glad to have you on.
3: Good morning, good morning, Neville, Mr. President, and good morning to your listening audience. It's a pleasure for me to be on this morning.
1: And it must have been a pleasure yesterday to be at the JFL North.
3: Listen, it was an emotional, excited day for me to be at the JFL North ribbon cutting yesterday. Um, You know, I, I must commend. Uh, all of the staff the ceo and um you know, Small the executive director of the territorial um team that really worked to open and materialize the opening of the JFL North it came it took a long time as i um said in my speech it was a long long <laughs> dark tunnel um but we seem to be at the end of one tunnel and really heading into another tunnel because now we are poised to um get the facility Completely open by transitioning the patients, as well as to start to work on the demolition of the
1: new facility, of the old, old facility. The demolition of the old facility, or the old facility, yeah, the old facility, uh, and, um, yeah. and yes, yeah, get of us there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so l- let me ask this question uh, b- b- quickly before we we go to break. That that was the general sentiment yesterday. With everybody there, um, a sense of um, legitimate forward direction.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that um, it's been a long road, and, you know, coming to, to this culmination was, was certainly an um, exciting time for everyone. And, um, you know, all of the speakers expressed the, you know, the challenges that I was experienced getting us to this point. Uh, but nonetheless, none of us have ever built a hospital before. There's a tremendous amount of work that went into it. Um, you know, the good thing is that we're moving into a state-of-the-art facility, 55,000 square feet space uh, that will, um, you know, compare to any other state-of-the-art facilities, albeit temporary, um, you, know, you know, elsewhere. So, um, you know, the equipment um, that's in, contained within the, uh, the JFL North, again, is all state-of-the-art, and um, we're looking forward. We're really looking forward to it.
1: Okay, good. We'll take a quick break so we could decompress a little bit. When I come back, I got to ask you the, the hard questions. Um, uh, going forward to include why did it take so long I I, 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 I asked that question so you could think about it put your thoughts together and get some history there as well because um, it took a very long time to get to this point so we're going to take a break we got Senate President uh, Novel Francis President of the 35th Legislature joining us this morning and we're going to have Director Adrian Williams-Octolin joining us a little bit later in the hour and Notorious TCHC be back right after this
4: The Forum, USBI and the St. John School of the Arts are proud to present the Escher String Quartet with Terrence Wilson. Friday, March 10th at the St. John School of the Arts, beginning at 7.30 p.m. And on Saturday, March 11th, beginning at 8 p.m. at the Prior Jollick Hall on the Antilles Campus. The Escher String Quartet has received acclaim for its musical insight and rare tonal beauty. And soloist Terence Wilson is one of the biggest pianistic talents to emerge in the U.S. over the last 25 years. The Prior Jollet Courtyard opens at 7 p.m. on Saturday with fair from Amalia Cafe. For more information, theforumusbi.org, 646-725-3353 or at the forum, USBI at gmail.com
0: I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine Here and Now We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists stories that affect you maybe a story about you so, join us for NPR's midday news magazine here and now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has
3: a rich legacy of in depth reporting and strong storytelling.
4: Only four people have sat
1: in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news.
3: That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk
0: change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett.
4: And I'm Amna Navaz.
0: Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12.
1: We're back here and Analyze This, and we've got uh, the Senate President, um, Novell E. Francis Jr., uh, joining us uh, on the heels of a a significant moment yesterday uh, on St. Croix um, with um, the opening of the JFL North Facility. But before we do that, um, Mr. President, I know you want to give a shout-out to the ladies. Today is International Women's Day 2023. So... Let me just yield to that so you can let a woman them know how important they are in our life. Without them, being ain't got me at you. Playing <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy Women's Day
3: um, to all the females um, within the sound of my voice. It is a, a good day. Um, you know, women have always been a part of our life. Of course, it started out with our mom. Um, and then, you know, our significant other, my our spouses. Um, you know, it's just... In general sense, my colleagues. I have a number of female you know, senators that um, that work in the, in the Senate as well, as well as uh, uh, females that work in the, in the legislature and um, and just your government and this community as well. Sorry, it's important that we continue to shout them out and and uh, really. Um, you know, honor them, you know, during, during
1: this, this critical time. And they have a mission for 2023. Um, um, imagine a gender equal world, a world f- free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination, a world that's diverse, equitable and inclusive, a world where, di- where difference is valued and celebrated. Together, we can forge women's equality collectively. We can all quote hashtag uh, embrace equity. And you were the, the commissioner of police. Um, you rose through the ranks in the Virgin Islands Police Department. And now you've um, um, the second go around as uh, Senate President. Um, so it's important that uh, you have a high level of sensitivity um, to um, the women professionals because that is something that, uh, actually, that's, actually, that's how it started back in New York, back in 1857, um, textile workers protesting and all that stuff. So um, you know about that. Um, it's a, it's a well, it,
3: <laughs> no, 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 I'm I'm very appreciative of the work uh, that women do in this community. As a matter of fact, I've worked uh, within the Virgin Islands Police Department throughout the ranks with some of the, the the most outstanding and distinguished you know females. I'll tell you, I go any place, any time, um, you know, with them uh, because they got your back every time. You know, so uh, it is certainly I, I learned from an early age to embrace them. And you know, uh, just just give them their opportunity to, to shine. And I'll tell you, they have come a long way. They, they have come a long way, um, even though that there's a, a conversation about equity um, going on right now. I, I truly believe that when we see the type of professional females that we have, you know, throughout the world, you know, um, they're they're in everywhere in terms of leadership. Um, you know, we have the first female, you know, vice president of the United States. We have a number of. of um, qualified CEOs um in Fortune five hundred companies, mm-hmm. you know, women women have earned their place.
1: Without a doubt, I know you say coming police department, Betty Wilson. Uh, <laughs> it, it, uh uh Betty
3: Wilson, <laughs> Anita Christian, Anita Christian, you know, yeah, Carmen yeah. Bashton, yeah. you it, know, Ruby it, Urgent. Yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> Don't let me start. I <laughs> mean these are women that go any place with I'm telling you. You know, they they're 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 outstanding.
1: We we didn't we didn't name a, a facility after uh Miss Damido?
3: Yeah, Violet Damido,
1: and Shrada. Shrada, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have yeah. um, uh, some some women that that outstanding. Um, especially uh, this this month we talk about your VI history. Yeah, we we have a lot of women. Um, Here, that has really
1: made their mark. Without a doubt. Of course, you know, you run the legislation, Laurie and Barry, arguably Mm -hmm. the the, the greatest legislator, uh, 12 consecutive terms over the rough. uh, Laurie Berry. Barry. Laurie Barry, we had Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alicia Alicia Chucky You you Okay, okay. Ignore, um, you know, these these stalwarts. Nelly Nellie O'Reilly. Very Nelly O'Reilly. Yeah, without a a doubt. Um, Awesome. So, let me get back to to, to to the the reason for the season. Um, JFL North, um, what took so long, man? It's been a long, long time. We heard about this. So there were some setbacks and all that stuff. You were chair of the health and hospital committees. I believe in the last legislature, right, the thirty fourth.
3: Yeah, in the thirty um, fourth. Two thousand two
1: thousand twenty one and twenty two. Yeah, sir. So correct. so so give us give us a feel for why um, things took as long as it did. And you know some of the what, so what what was some of the dynamics that that that, that uh created the the delayed dynam- the, the, the delayed realities
3: yeah well you know first of all when the was it was determined that we'll be moving towards a um a hardened temporary facility um you know that that presented some some um challenges because of course they had to be constructed. Um, you know, a lot of times individuals compare the time of Hurricane Hugo to Irma and Maria, um, but at that time we went into a soft um, tent-type facility compared to this hardened facility that we're seeing today, um, understanding that uh, because it was determined that we'd be doing a complete rebuild of the existing uh, JFL, uh, that it will be required that at least we spend some time within this facility, at least a good five to six Years within this facility, um, while continuing to go through these hurricane season, you know, so we wanted to ensure, and, and the federal government wanted to ensure that we had a facility that would be able to withstand up to 150, 180 miles per hour wind. Uh, um, you know, moving forward, you know, so we determined that we will go into a hardened facility. Um, so that took some time to be um, built. You know, once we received the facility, I uh, realized that uh, there was no um, preparation made. Uh, for the uh, fixtures, furnitures and equipment FFEs within the, uh, the the building, so they had to go back out to market with with FEMA and negotiate with them to be able to get that done. you know, so that requires some additional time and funding. and I must say that FEMA had really good been a good partner along the line um with with us on that. and then you know we went through an unprecedented pandemic um which created some supply chain issue, and you know consequential to that. Again, it requires some delay. And then once we identify the fact that we'll be uh, getting the supplies and the FFEs, the fix- fixtures, the furnitures and equipment, then there was an issue of the chemical mechanical building um, unit that that provided the necessary gases for the facility. Originally, it was um, decided that they'll utilize the current um, mechanical building to be able to supply the JFL North uh, with with this with this um, mechanical um, oxygen gases and everything else, however, we talked about demolition of the facility, so that wasn't uh, a good um, good move. So eventually, then we had to go out and uh, purchase uh, all of the necessary equipment for the chemical mechanical unit, which included a 250 gallon um, water tank that had to be constructed. Um, you know, every every step that we have made, we realize that, you know, um, one step forward, two step backward. And so we get caught up in this unprecedented pandemic and supply chain issue. Um, so there was delay upon delay upon delay. Um, but I'll tell you that Daryl Smalls was brought in. Um, let, um,
1: let me ask you this. Forward. Let me ask you this question. Um, you believe that the, the delays were legitimate based on all, of the, all the dynamics you're talking about?
3: Absolutely. I mean, it was. Technical because this is not something that you could just simply go to Kmart, Walmart, or Home Depot and pick up. You know, we understand that these things have to to be um, manufactured, um, right-fitted, tested, and um, shipped and delivered, and then installed, you know, and be tested. You know, so I understand those dynamics. It was very, very technical. Hence, you know, when I worked um, behind the scenes with the hospital, I tried to, you know, bring the information out to the public with being sensitive, that we don't want to be in a critical phase of this because, um, you know, the, the, the reality is that, in fact, the challenges were real. Um, all at the same time, where you know, the, the current hospital facility, albeit, um, you know, da- damage and challenge, continue to function. Um, you know, they installed the outside bathroom, and individuals had to go outside to the bathroom. They were limited, you know, space available. They had to occupy the cardiac center, you know, so the challenges were real. Um, Mr President Neville, and um you know the reality is that we're in a small community and we just had to be mindful of, of those challenges and try to work you know to make sure that we continue to motivate those those responsible for getting the job done you know but um yeah, yesterday was a great day. I didn't um get an opportunity to, to really commend you know some of our local contractors, um which I thought was a a big miss um because we had some some stakeholders um right here. Um, you know, in the version of St. Croix that really stepped up to the plate. You know, uh, and um, you know, assisted with the build out of the mechanical building and and really readying the JFL North for the opening yesterday. They worked day and night, um, you know, to get it going. I I, I did some drive bys over the last several weeks and then particularly over the weekend just to see if in fact, you know, um, this date was going to be real and and we will be having that ribbon cutting uh, yesterday. As anticipated, but I tell you that um, all people really put in a lot of work and, and got it going. And I'll tell you that once people get start to get into the facility and see what we have there, uh, because the the, um, the appearance is that it's just a, a, a trailer park front. But when you get into that facility and, and look at the the dynamics of the size of it and um, you know the preparedness of it, you'll be well pleased and satisfied and understand you know where we at and um and the fact that we have come a long way to to get us to this point. I'll tell you that this is a state of the art facility that that um you know will certainly be able to uh provide the necessary quality care to the Singapore community into the next um you know four or five years. You know, so we're looking forward to that. We still have an issue in terms of making sure that we have the clinicians, the nurses, the the allied workers and everything to um, to retrofit it, we have been utilizing the Pofford, uh and contract nurses, and I believe that we will have to continue to do that because we just don't have the uh, on island capacity uh, to to be able to outfit the the hospital, you know. So we'll be um, you know making some adjustments as we go along. There's an active recruitment that's going on at JFL with um, uh, a recruiter there, you know, to be able to make sure that we continue to staff up, um, you know, and w- you know, why, why a lot of it was, was emotional for me is that we, we do, in fact, um, you know have a sick community. We have an aging community that's required to to go to the hospital quite often. And the reality is that, you know, when they go there, you know, they, they have to um, receive the necessary care um, that will assist them in getting better. But as, as human beings, as, as members of this community, we have to start doing what's necessary, eating right, exercising, and, and really fighting off. You know the need um, for us to continue to to go to the um, hospitals as often as we find ourselves
1: doing. Without a doubt. No. Um, <clears throat> let Let me ask you this question. Yesterday was was um, uh, uh, how would you describe it? Soft, intermediate, or hard opening? Yesterday, the ribbon cutting. Um. Yes.
3: So yesterday, uh, in my opinion, was an intermediate. Opening our uh, ribbon cutting because you know prior to that there have already been um, some installation of equipment, um, computerization, automation, um, you know, uh, and um, supplies already added there. Uh, you know, so we're we're um, ahead of that, you know, somewhat. I'll tell you that you can see the excitement in some of the lead nurses that describe their area of responsibility: um, the you know, Natal area, the laboratory, the radiology. Um, the medical surgical area, you know, um, OBGYN area, you know, these um, individuals, the uh, operation suite. We have four uh, operating room with state of the art equipment there and everything. Um, you know, wireless service. You know, those those things are already in place. Uh, we have a, a CT scan of 128 slice. You know, previously we had 64. Um, you know, which will be done faster. Be able to to X-ray your body a lot um, more um, Motaro, you know, so, you know, um, those things are already in place and, you know, yesterday was, was a matter of uh, getting the ribbon cut in and then we'll be working over the next, um, you know, two weeks to be able to start to do the in um, of, of transitioning the operations from the old, from the current JFL over to the JFL North. Um, and then fully be able to engage in the movement of our patients, you know, on, um, uh, within the next two weeks, you know, there there will be some 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 growing pains, of, of course, because as we transition, as we start to put the equipment to work and stuff like that, there there may be some some operational issues, you know, to start off with, and um, they're prepared to to really address that that particular issue. They have manufacturers on the ground to be able to you know assist and support you know that endeavor. Uh, but you know, within the next two weeks, they should be fully moved into to the JFL North. And then um, working some other uh, build-out that's required for the administrative staff um, and relocating as well, you know, some of the administrative and, and leadership team, you know, so that they could really completely vacate the, the current JFL and prepare that for demolition, hopefully towards the end of the year wow. or someone. Wow, so so the building so it's, that- moving. It's, it's moving. It's a rapid move. Um, we're way behind time, so it's a rapid move. But I'll tell you that there's a, a lot of technical uh, movements that's involved in it, and um, you know, skilled individuals that will help to make it work. There is a, a plan in place, a phase plan, um, and and they're really within. Um, I think currently they're moving towards the phase two. Of, of this um, transition move. So to answer your question is
1: intermediate in my opinion? No no final question because you got to go on, and, and I appreciate you giving us some time this morning. From a financing standpoint, a dollar standpoint, that is not a concern.
3: No FEMA has really stepped up to the plate. Um, we have already invested 130 million dollars um, into the facility. Um, you know there, there is some local funding uh, that have been provided and will continue to be provided. We have to do a parking area. Uh, we leased, we leased um, five acres of property for the purpose of, of staging as well as for parking and relocating. You know, We um, you know have conversation about having some golf carts and, and be able to mobilize and, and transport individuals as well as the employees, visitors, and patients um, that may be moving from one location to the next, um, but to be able to transport and make easier the, the movement. Um, of course, people, you know, into the facility and kind of maximize any any necessary additional traffic. Um, you know, so so those, those are things that uh, perhaps will have to be funded um, and the general fund or local level. Without a doubt,
1: Mr. President, thank you very much for joining us, giving us some background and uh, letting us know where we're at, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting you in for a full two hours so we could talk about a number of things. Um, associated with the 35th legislature of Virgin Islands. Appreciate you. Okay. Thank you very much. And I look forward to it. Have a great day. Without a doubt. That's um the one and only um Senator Novell E. Francis Jr. I, f- I forget to tease you about the fact that um, I saw six terms and our president once and here he is in his fifth term and he done doing it twice already, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but yo, it's like that, you know, that's, that's just how it goes, you know what I'm saying? So, perhaps to him. here because just having some fun with that. And when we come back, we're gonna um, remember the great Earl B. Atlee out of the rap, right? Labor leader, um, Senator par excellence, and then uh, we should be hearing from um, ODR director, uh, Officer of Disaster Recovery, Agent Williams Acklin out of the west. We'll be back right after this.
0: equals new business opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers deposit banking products, business online platforms, and commercial loans. Their SBA lending department offers financing options and access to capital for businesses. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peter's Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix is an equal housing lender. Bankofstcroix.com.
3: You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday.
0: From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app. Available for download from the App Store in Google Play. VI case fires, thus far it's been a resounding success. We've been receiving tips on those old cases, those cold cases that are going to give us the opportunity to close some of those cases and bring justice for those uh, victims and also to their
1: family.
4: I want to know who killed my daughter. Looking for somebody to say something about what happened. You know, I want to know what happened to my daughter. 20 years. I am going to wait.
0: His survivability after being shot that amount of time was little to none.
1: And when they
3: got there, they found this scene.
0: This area would be known as a hot spot. And the day of the shooting, clearly, there would have been unobstructed view, especially from the top floors. Catch new episodes of Virgin Islands Case Files every month on WTJX-TV Channel 12.
1: And we're back here and analyze this and like I say, it's a lovely day in paradise and um, we're going to do a little uh, Virginia's Black History uh, moment right now. We're going to recognize the one and only Earl B. Atlee. Out of St. Thomas, he was a Senate President uh, for three consecutive terms uh, in the 5th, 6th, and 7th legislature spanning from uh, January of 1963 to 1969. He was born make sure i pull up on uh, his uh his bio right here right uh, He was born on march 22nd 1921 so maybe i should have waited uh until two weeks from today to recognize all be but we're gonna do that we're we gonna pull off for tomorrow we could take care of today graduated night march 22 1921 right so he had he has he and his vice president because his vice president was uh, Randall Doc James taught a band in 1921. Uh, he graduated in, in, in June of 1939 from the Charlotte Ali High School and later earned a scholarship to attend Columbia University in New York. When he returned to the island in May of 1945, he launched the Photo News, his first journalistic enterprise, though he had worked previously for the Mail Notes and the Virgin Islands Daily News. His later newspaper ventures included the Home Journal and the Virgin Islands Post. He also published Pride magazine in more recent years. Adley headed the Virgin Islands labor union in the late 1940s and remained proud of his role of fighting for the rights of working men and women in his book Trials and Triumphs. The long road to a middle class society in the U.S. Virgin Islands, he wrote, as I look back on the miserable most hopeless conditions that encouraged me to organize workers in 1948 and the dizzying improvements in the standard of living that have taken place since then due partly to labor victories both both in the private and public sectors I consider my labor activity to be the most satisfying accomplishment of my career after i retired from the legislature he remained active in government and behind the door behind the scenes politics He headed the Virgin Islands Status Commission and the Housing Finance Authority. He also wrote two books, "Trials and Triumphs, published in 1982, and The Hardball Years in uh, 1994. And Irby Adley passed away uh, in 1999, um, August 25th. Uh, And he was uh, described as a powerhouse in the Virgin Islands, Uh, a powerhouse in Virginia politics for half a century. He died at the age of 78, He was widely respected in the territory throughout the Caribbean and in national political circles as a master politician, lawmaker, journalist, and union leader. In his 34 years as a leader from 1947 through 1981, he was the single most powerful person in the legislative body often pulling the strings even when he wasn't sitting in the president's seat and this coming from a saint thomas source story of august 26 1999 that's how that's how long the source run anything the source got the source closing not on a 25 year anniversary i think the source was the first blog right that existed here in the virginia you know internet came to be a couple years before around 1994 1995. Well we give him props to uh Earl B. Atlee, um George Goodwin, um uh, made uh, uh, issued a statement uh when he uh uh he, he was the one who actually um made first made the public uh, aware of the fact that he had passed and he was a good friend. And he did that during a Senate meeting. That's when uh that was during the twenty-third legislature in nineteen ninety-nine. Governor Charles W. Turnbull uh, ordered ordered flags in the territory to be flown at half staff until after his funeral, and uh, and at least legislative record legislative service remains a record for the United States Virgin Islands. But even more important is the distinguished equality of his service. Much of the economic, social, and political progress we have witnessed in the territory is a testament his leadership Turnbull said he said no one individual did more to advance the political evolution of the Virgin Islands Uh, then delegate to Congress Donna Christian Christensen said Mr. Atlee and his counterparts built the Virgin Islands from what was called a virtual poorhouse to the thriving society we have enjoyed for decades and Goodwin had called him his mentor Said Irby Atley was one of the architects and mainstays of the Virgin Islands for over four decades. He was a great political leader. And finally, June Adams, who was the Democratic Party State Chair, said Senator Atley was a true visionary and pioneer in Virgin Islands politics. He was greatly admired and respected by thousands of Virgin Islanders who live, whose lives he touched and in some small way uh, improved. And um, recently right um, <clears throat> I might tell you he was born uh, in March of um, 1921 uh, in March of 2021 right the Virgin Islands Senate uh, celebrated his legacy on the 100th birthday and uh, March 22nd and uh, here's another source story uh, in recognition of his legacy and to celebrate his 100th birthday posthumously or posthumously, depending on how you want to p- pronounce it. Members of the 34th Legislature of Virgin Islands honored Earl B. Attlee on Monday, March 22nd, 2021. And uh, it goes on uh, to speak about, you know, all of uh, his impact. Um, Donna Fred Gregory, Senate President at the time, stated, uh, today we stand on his shoulders and I'm proud to serve as President of 34th Legislature uh On the year, or during the year, when he would have made 100 years, we wish to thank his family for loaning him to the people of the Virgin Islands, United States Virgin Islands. Adley was instrumental in ensuring the rise of the middle class in the U.S. Virgin Islands. My only hope and wish is that as legislators, we are able to take the mantle forward and build on the middle class here in the territory so we can have a Virgin Islands not only for a few, but our Virgin Islands for all. So, our Virgin Islands Black History Month moment for today is recognizing the one and only All be Earl B. Atlee, great, great legislator from the district of St. Thomas and St. John. Like I say, go was Senate President, 5th, 6th, and 7th uh doc james was his vice president check and then uh, after he served as uh, president um i believe john maduro let me see some great names in some just some powerful name yeah, yeah john maduro take over for two terms from 69 to 73 and then Tappy malloy for a term in 73 74 el modero buck he had Earl B. and Elmo D. He served for three consecutive terms as a Senate president in the 11th, 12th, and 13th legislature. Uh, so, you know, a lot of power. Uh, uh, we're talking about that. And we'll continue to recognize them throughout the Virgin Islands Black History Month. We got on the line our um, Office, of Disaster Recovery dire- Di- as the Office of Disaster Recovery Director, Adrian Williams Acta out of the West. Uh, joining us today on the heels of a a ribbon-cutting ceremony yesterday at the JFL North. Good morning, Madam Director. Good to hear you. How are you?
4: Good morning. It's always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, man. So yesterday was big, man. I see you smiling. Feeling good?
4: Well, you know, it was a very long, hard road. That was one of the first tasks that we took on when we established the Office of Disaster Recovery is to support the JFL North, which was Governor Bryan's top project. And as everyone knows, this project was just mired with everything that could possibly go wrong. but yesterday we got to a point where we know that we are now moving forward, and the Wang F Louis staff is now in a process of trans transitioning over to the to the new facility.
1: By the way, um congratulations on International Women's Day for joining us here. And analyze this. appreciate you, uh, you know That's- what I'm saying. Giving Thank us some, you. giving us some of that powerful flavor, that leadership flavor, that the ladies provide uh, all across the spectrum of leadership. So, um, back to JFL. First of all, how you been, man? I mean, I mean, I know you are coming out for JFL, but I need to ask. I can keep taking a, keep taking each other for granted. You good? Your, your yes. office is good. Office is good.
4: We're everyone's
1: doing well. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Okay, that's good. Now, I asked um, Senator Francis because he was not earlier why it takes so long? And he gave us uh, his um, description from a legislative perspective. Why it takes so long from a disaster recovery perspective?
4: Well, the first thing that happened, uh, this was a design bill contract um, with Aptim And the initial plan to connect to the cardiac center had to be scrapped Um early on, which really changed the requirements for um, the design for it. When we took it over, you know, you had a, in 2019, there was actually a building. They were working on putting together the building, but there was absolutely nothing planned for the furniture, fixtures, and the equipment for the hospital. So our first task was to go back to FEMA to get funds. And it was to the tune of about... Twenty-seven more million dollars, so that you can get um, the funding to to start that, and that that was a big setback because if you if you know the process, and I've been sharing, is that it's a, a nineteen-step process to get funding, which took time. And then, of course, after that, it has to go to OMB, US OMB, and then um, to be obligated. And then, of course, after that, there was issues with. Contracts and getting a contract for the radiology equipment. Um, that took some time as well. And then the last piece was what they called a mechanical building. So that's the building, that really big building in the back in the water tank that had to um, be constructed, uh, put back out to bid. Uh, um, once we were starting that process, you know, COVID and the... Issues that arise with supply chain. I mean, the war in Ukraine affected getting pieces of of equipment in on a timely basis when there was project scheduled, just consistent delays and issues um, with the initial plans that they had for the the hospital. And um, that's how we, you know, between funding, supply issues, design problems, um all of the federal regulations that you had to navigate through and on top of that covid, it's the reason why that hospital was delayed but it it really um when we look at there's something I spoke of the fact that you know when the pro- and projects don't start off right in the beginning, it's very, very hard to bring it in on time and on under budget, but there's a lot of lessons learned through that project that um I am confident we'll be able to uh, Avoid in a lot of the projects that we have going forward.
1: And I got a text text message. The, the actual staff and patient move is, is March 26, So that's another couple of weeks, two and a half weeks down the road.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, my... So, Wang F. Louis' team has had a transition plan, and they always knew that we would cut the, the ribbon, um, do the ceremonial start to that process, um, there's a whole transition plan. It's a really thick document that they've been working on that includes sanitizing the building from what, you know, yesterday's activities and everything else in order to start the process. So it is towards the end of the month.
1: Okay, good. And um, so you feel good where we're at right now?
4: I mean, you know, it's a long, hard road, you know. So if you get to this point where you could actually see the finish line, you, you have to feel good because if you don't then all you look at is the problems and the barriers and you, that drains you rather than gives you energy to continue moving. So yes, at this point we're glad to be where we're at. Um, just but really, really focused. You're not stopping and celebrating too much now because you have to get the we have to get the patients into the building, um the, get the administrative building completed so that the administrative portion of the hospital can be transitioned and, and um, get GFL permanent. The existing building demolished and start that process through rebuilding of the new facility. Because GFL North is a temporary, a temporary facility and it does have an a, a expected lifespan of about seven years. So we really still you know, there's no real rest now. You know how they say yes today we we celebrate but tomorrow we fight. Well we are back, we're back in fighting mode because there's so much more that needs to be done in order to stabilize the temporary solution and get the permanent solution constructed.
1: And this and this is the this is the second um, significant groundbreaking you, you had the, the Evelyn Williams, right? At the Richard School. Right after Richard's school, yeah. Um, twelve days ago or thirteen days ago? So, no, two weeks ago, right? No, no, it was yeah. a thur- it was a Thursday, right? It was a Thursday. It was a Thursday. Yeah, a, yeah. So thirteen days ago, and um, so that's a good thing as well. So, um, facilities with respect to education and healthcare, um, are are actually happening. Um, yeah. as part of recovery, and that's good, Madam Director. I know you're busy. Thank you very much for the short appearance. You're coming on, right? Coming on sometime yeah. down the road. I beg you last month, and you have been busy, so. <laughs> See if you can find some yeah. time for your boy later on this month. I'd appreciate that. For sure, for sure. Okay, good. Thanks, thank you. Uh, now, congratulations to the administration where JFL North uh, is concerned. Deserve, you deserve your kudos. All right? Thank you. You got it. Good to hear your voice. That's Adrian Williams out to the West. ODR director joining us this morning on the heels of yesterday's uh, ceremony with the JFL North uh, facility here on St. Croix. Temporary facility, um, but important um, nonetheless. Take a break. I'll be back right after this with our number two.
0: The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters.
1: What is the secret to happiness? That's a really good question. And how can we live a more meaningful existence?
2: Here's the secret, I think, of life. That
1: I'm Manoush Zamarodi Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers who help us answer some of life's biggest questions. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, let's get right to it. Join us. Saturdays at 4 p.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1.